Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. This is uh, part two of the interview with Amir Salihevendich of Doist, the makers of Todoist. Um, in episode 84, in part one of the interview, we talked with Amir about how he actually abandoned Todoist when it was still a side project and he decided to accept a full-time job with a startup. And how he basically put the product on the shelf for about four years until he recognized that there was actually an opportunity to turn this side project into a real business. And then we sort of explored how he went from quitting his job and within three short years, uh, building a company with generating multi-million dollars in revenue and, and having over 40 employees. In this episode, we're going to talk about the importance of finding the right distribution channels and how that can help you reach the right users and customers. We also talk about why Armin believes that building a minimum viable product too quickly can actually be a bad idea, how he manages his team of 40 people who all work remotely and in an environment where they have very few meetings. And we also talk about how he manages his own day and priorities and some of the key lessons that you as an entrepreneur can apply in your own life. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. Atio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go-to-market motion from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports, and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 Labs, Replicate, modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at atio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot com. Hey there, SaaS founders. Are you looking to grow your B2B SaaS business to the first million in annual recurring revenue? I've got something that can help you. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly source of proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with successful B2B SaaS founders who have been in your shoes and are ready to share what they've learned. Each week, you'll get a quick five-minute read delivered straight to your inbox full of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you tackle those early stage challenges and grow your business to seven figures and beyond. So what are you waiting for? Head over over to sasclub.io slash newsletter and join over 4,000 other SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already using these insights to grow their businesses. Subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today and get the support you need to keep moving forward on your SaaS journey. So let's get back to the interview. So I, I'm kind of intrigued by this. I, I, I had no idea that you had sort of left the Todoist for four years in sort of maintenance mode. And it, it still kept growing. And so 2012, you come back, you start working on it. Um, you hire that first person. And then <clears throat> it was just a short th three years after that. And where, you know, I know you guys don't disclose revenue, but you did tell me that you're talking about multiple millions of dollars revenue and you're profitable. Um, and you've got what, 40, over 40 employees now. What happened in those three years that just, just things seem to have just exploded. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm actually, I, I, I'm kind of unsure myself, 
but I think also like it, it's really fueled by uh, also the, the people that we have hired, uh, the products that we have built, uh, and the, the amounts like of energy that we actually invested in this. Uh, so, so, so it's it's kind of there's no real formula for this. It's just like you know working uh, really really hard and really trying to put out something that's like of great quality and like just doing that over and over and over again. Um, Did you start um, doing marketing to drive that growth, or or was it still organic? Actually, like we hired marketing very late and PR. Uh, so I think we hired that in 2013. So, so it was not really fueled by the uh, by PR marketing. Like right now, we have some amazing people working in marketing and PR, and like uh, every release, we we get like a lot of publicity. But like back then, uh, we didn't really do that. Uh, I I think like one of the most important parts. Uh, of of the two story is also like understanding the distribution channels and you know I think we nailed that part uh, so basically like the Google search engine is very important but then like also we got uh, some really great mobile apps uh, and uh, they are also like highly ranked in both the App Store and Play Store and this also like generated a lot of traffic to us. Uh, so I, I would say like marketing, not like in the general sense of, you know, getting featured on TouchCrunch, but more like marketing in terms of like finding the right distribution channels uh, and the right way to like reach the users that you're interested in. So so apart from Google, what, what else, what, what were those distribution channels that really worked for you? So when you talked about mobile... Um, was it just was did you guys just focus on building a great app or or did you actually do any sort of specific things to to try and improve um you know how that channel worked for you yeah i mean we were just focused on building great mobile apps but like having great mobile apps opens up uh distribution channels so like you get new users in that find you via the stores uh so that worked really, really well for us. Uh, and I think like that's also probably one of the biggest challenges. Uh, like if the first challenge is building a great product that users actually find useful and like. The other challenge is like finding the right distribution channels and like reaching out to your users. Uh, and probably like the reason why Todoist has grown so much is because we nailed both of these properties. So like we have a great product, but we also have like a great distribution of it. Yeah, I've I, you know I, I've seen, I mean, full disclosure, I'm a Todoist user and customer myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's available on Android, iOS, Windows, Mac. It integrates into browsers, um, and I noticed you guys are doing even Evernote integration now as well. That was something I I, I didn't know about at all. But uh, it sounds like a lot of work trying to maintain all of these different versions of the product uh yeah i mean that is definitely like it's and it's also it's a very complex product and it's a very complex uh problem space because like we are solving the same problems like dropbox like synchronization between devices uh synchronization of like data uh, uh you know real-time syncing uh, 
And right now we also have like natural uh, language passing built in our mobile apps. So it's really like getting very, very advanced as well. Uh, and I think like that's also something that, that really uh, is important. It's like when people think about like uh, doing something uh, simply or like MVP or something like that, like I don't really think that that is uh, the, the goal. The goal is like to build something really powerful that's very easy to use. What do you mean about that? What, 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 how, how, t- tell me more about that. I, I, I'm not sure I understood the point. Uh, so like a lot of the startups I see, especially like uh, from new entrepreneurs, is that they go out and, you know, uh, their MVP is like some kind of dummy solution that they code in, in a, a week or something. And I think like that is probably not the kind of... Uh, simplicity you want uh, you want uh, to build something that's like very powerful but is easy to use uh, if yeah. you understand what i mean so like yeah. if if you just like do a to-do list and uh, do it like without any kind of advanced features you know just a flat to like you will have no growth there you will not solve the the, the main problems that people have uh, and you know uh, to do app is just an example, but uh, what was the powerful thing that you built when you created the first version of the product back in two thousand and seven? Um, I would probably say like uh, subtasks uh, were very prob- uh, powerful, and like uh, date parsing was very powerful. And like even today, like uh, none of our uh, competitors have the subtasks and sub projects that we have. Uh, they don't have the date parsing that we have. Uh, this said, like I think also this can be very, very dangerous. And that's something that I really regret, that I didn't think enough about uh, the feature set or like the API or how it will work together. So like right now when we design stuff, we are like much more, uh, we have like a much better design process of, of doing that. And I think that is really, really important. Uh, is like really thinking things through before you implement them. Because like right now, there's a lot of things that we can't change because we have so much legacy and, you know, users using this uh, while we could have had some better solutions for some of the problems that we have. Let's talk about productivity and how how what does what does a typical week for you look like how do you organize your time and your day what's the process that you go through so actually like the thing to note about me is that i'm actually still developing so it's probably uh nuts that i do this but uh you know i really enjoy the development process and you know hacking around uh, on stuff so like I spend a lot of time uh, developing stuff, you know, just with a code editor. And then uh, I usually do this in the morning. Um, so when I wake up, I probably spend like three or four hours uh, developing. And then after that, I go in and, uh, you know, respond uh, on our like team communication app, uh, like Slack or email or uh, Teamcom that we are using. Uh, and uh, then I maybe have... What time do you wake up in the day? Um, I usually wake up like at 8, 8.30. I, I, I'm not like an early riser. I have never been. Uh, so 
I start my day pretty late. It's actually something I want to change, but uh, I have not changed it like in 30 years. I would probably not change it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I started doing that. I started waking up at, uh, I've always been like a night owl, never saw myself as a morning person. And for the last few months, I started waking up at 5 a.m. And it was really powerful and it was really hard at first. And I found myself getting more and more um, productive just because just there was, seemed to be these early hours where there was nothing going on. But I found over the last few weeks, I'm falling back into my old pattern of waking up between, you know, around seven or something like that. And and I, I don't know. I think I think whatever works for you, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, it's still the same. It's still twenty four hours, whatever time you wake up, right? Um, yeah. Okay. So you do the coding, and then you you focus on the team communication and Slack and and sort of what else. And and so, do do you go into an office or or do you always work from home? Um, I usually go into an office. We have like an office here, and the reason for this is that. Um, like I, I like to have like a separate a space, like, you know, home is where I don't work. When I can come home, you know, I, I focus on the home stuff, like uh, being with my wife and relaxing, reading stuff and stuff like that. Uh, so I prefer to, to work from an office. That That is great advice. And I think for me as well, because I, I left uh, my corporate job last year and and work from home. And actually, that has been one of the biggest challenges for me is that everything has just blurred so much now, right? It's like in terms of the hours that you work and personal life and and you're doing, you, you're kind of, everything is just so mixed up. It's much harder to just manage manage your, your day and get things done um, and have enough time, as you said, for your for your personal life as well and not find yourself that you're working all the time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would like if I work from home, I would probably work all the time, and you know that is very bad uh, for your, you know, personal life. So, yeah. Okay. So, so what else do, does a typical day or a week look like for you? Well, that is uh, that is the typical stuff. Like, I do actually very few meetings. Like, I have probably a few meetings per week. Uh, I don't really like meetings that much. Uh, I think they are like very unproductive. Uh, yeah. So, That's, and actually like uh, in Duist, uh, we have very few meetings. Uh, so it's probably not the typical, you know, uh, remote work uh, setup. Like what we really care about is producing great work. Uh, and also like uh, the, the communication is mostly written. Um, and, and so tell me about how, how do you do that? Is it, you, you mentioned Slack earlier. Is that the main way you're doing that? Or do you have other ways to? No, I mean, that is like the main way. And actually, like we are currently doing like a, a team communication app that we're also using. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting to also build like a tool that you are using yourself. Cool. And, and presumably you guys are using Todoist as well as a big part of the business, right? To run it. Yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, for me, like also the way that I really structure my work is from to do is like uh, all the emails that I respond to, all the meetings go there, uh, all the tasks that I need to do, uh, and I prioritize stuff, uh, you know. So my life is basically like controlled outside of to do is. Let, let's talk about that because 
um, you know, I don't want this to become a, a you know a sales pitch for Todoist, and uh, but I I do want to kind of dig into how you use that product and to to manage your day because. Um, so let, let's start with email. So I mean, email is a big thing that takes up uh, a lot of people's time. How how do you how how do you deal with email, and and how does Todoist play into that? Uh, so basically, the thing is, I have uh, the Gmail plugin installed, and I basically like delegate stuff that I need to do. Uh, so like, I turn emails into tasks, uh, and then I also try to like process emails in batches instead of like processing it one per time. Like, I allocate like uh, thirty minutes to process all my email, and then the stuff that I can't do right away, I I, I turn into tasks. And then, like, I specify a day I want to do it, like Monday, Tuesday, depending on the priority it has. Okay. And and how often, do, how many times a day do you check your email? Um, I would say probably, like, two or three times, uh, depending, like, uh, on what I'm doing. Like, if I'm doing a lot of coding, I don't check it that often. Uh, okay. Maybe even once per day, sometimes. So you go through a couple of times, you process the mail... Um, and you kind of are basically trying to get everything out of your inbox, um, and into Todoist in some, some kind of task. Exactly. Cool. Okay. So that's email taken care of. Okay. What's, what's the next thing? Cause I think for, for when I think about this, there is, um, you have a list of projects. So do you track all your projects in there as well? Um, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, mean, how, I do. How, many, how many projects do you have in Todoist? Um, I have probably over a hundred, I think. Wow. And probably thousands of tasks, uh, but like some of them are shared as well. So, uh, it's not all my tasks. Uh. So that, that I, I got to figure this out because, um, I, I spent a lot of time in the last few years, you know, with the sort of the David Allen getting thing done kind of philosophy. I know there are a lot of people who listen to this show who also are into GTD. But one of the things that I found really difficult is that once you start putting everything into a tool, whatever tool it is, right? It could be Todoist, it could be something else you can get to a point where you open up that that app and there's like so many things on that list. Like, I, I just don't know where to start, right? So what, what advice would you give somebody like me? Um, like, how, how, do you, how do you sort of tackle that, Nick? You know, it's great to get all of this thing into a system somewhere, um, but how do you decide what to actually work on? Um, so basically, like the thing I use a lot is the calendar calendaring uh, functionality of Todoist. So basically, like I assign tasks on different days, and then I also use like priorities to you know uh, specify what is like a top priority for 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 this day, and then I, I move stuff around. So like if I can't make something uh, this day, I postpone it to another day. Uh, so really, like for me, that's how I filter stuff like. All of this, all of these tasks that I have, I only see like a fraction of them and work only on fraction of them. 
and only work on those that have a, a date. Like, you know, on Monday I want to achieve this, this, and that. Uh, and I don't really like go into all the data that I have there. Okay, so, so just if I got this straight, so you're you're taking those tasks, you're assigning them to a particular day, so you don't see everything at the same time, and then you're using the uh, you're, you're going through and sort of prioritizing them, and then sort of starting to work on the things that are at the top of the list. Exactly. Okay. Now, if you have a hundred projects, how often do you go through all those projects and figure out if there's something that needs to be done in there? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I mean, I'm also uh, the thing. I uh, like I worked uh, work very specific and very focused on something. So, like, uh, it could be just I go into a subset of these uh, projects and just like focus on like. Uh, let's say uh, date parsing of Todoist, and then going to deep into that, and you know that project maybe has has a lot of uh, bug reports or whatever, or feature requests or whatever, and then I go into this, uh, and the same like with other products. So uh, I only like zoom in when when I think it's it's important to do that. Uh, other than that, I, I don't really go into it. How do you, I mean, a lot of times I hear people and I, I'll talk to, so I had um, Rob Rawson on the show, um, the, the founder of um, Time Doctor. And one of the th- important points that he made was it's, it's, it's not just about what you work on. It's also just as important what you say no to. Um, do, do you subscribe to that same philosophy? Do you actually spend a lot of time like going through and, and deciding what you're not going to do or, or having a list somewhere where you capture these things that you're never going to work on or what, how do you tackle that? I think that is a very, very good tip. Uh, so like we all have very limited times and especially like uh, for very busy people, I think like they have so limited time to work on something. And I think it's very important to, to focus on the essential stuff and ignore everything else. Uh, so, so definitely, like we are thinking a lot about like what, do, like what do we want to spend energy on, and what don't we want to spend energy on? Uh, because else, like your focus will just be all over the place, uh, and your energy as well. Yeah. Um. What What else do you do on a on a weekly or daily basis to? I'm just so so you mentioned some of the things and and the more you tell me the more I sort of start to feel overwhelmed because uh, are you using it also as one place to track all your bugs and feature work as well? Uh, yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so but so the, you guys, you guys really do use this for everything. It's like amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a pretty weird uh, like it's it's a great tool, but the thing is like we are also trying to improve this aspect. Of, of it and i think also in the near future we will do a lot better um, features for like team usage and and business usage so currently it's like mostly really really good for personal usage but like for team productivity is not really that great um so that's what we are trying to improve but actually one of the tips i really want to um to recommend, and this is like really about team collaboration and working with other people, and something that has really worked well for us 
is that we have implemented an OKR system. I'm unsure if you know what OKR uh, is. Uh, uh, but uh -huh. basically, I think it was Intel who first implemented this. And it's basically like, um, here's how we do this. Like Google and Intel have very different versions. R is like super simplified. So each Monday, each uh, team and each team member uh, post the OKRs for this week. So basically they say like, what is the biggest objectives for this week? Uh, what did I accomplish last week? And how do I rate my accomplishments last week? And this has worked really, really well for us. And I would recommend to do this. And I think also like some of the things that I will try to do this is also like for a personal productivity, like have an OKR, like a weekly and a monthly OKR where you say, okay, this is the most important stuff for this week. Uh, and for maybe the whole month, like what do you want to accomplish this month? Uh, like in, in our work, uh, before, like we did these OKRs, you didn't really know what people were up to, uh, and people didn't really reflect over their work. Like with OKRs, it's 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 very uh, powerful because like you specify what you want want to achieve, but you also reflect on what you have achieved uh, last week. And actually, right now we have uh, weekly OKRs and monthly OKRs, and I can really recommend this tip. Where do your team post this information? Uh, so we are using our own messaging app, but like you can do it via an email. Uh, there's also like apps that are specific to this. We have actually checked them out. We do not recommend, or I do not recommend to use them. It's like much easier to, you could also do it like inside Slack uh, or email or any kind of like team communication app. Got it. Okay. And then do, do you actually spend time going through and reading all these OKRs every week? Uh, yes. I mean, that gives me like a very clear picture of like what everybody is, is, is working on. And also uh, each team member has to specify like any kind of bottlenecks they are having on some kind of thing. And maybe somebody else can help them out with this. I, I you know, I come from a culture a corporate culture where meetings were the way of life, right? Um, I agree that they, mostly meetings are a huge waste of time. Um, and, and actually, I just, I just sometimes when I look back at the, the hours or years of my life that I wasted sitting in pointless meetings, it just makes me feel uh, <laughs> horrible. Um, but there are often situations where having a meeting actually is really valuable where you want to have people together, uh, you know, maybe in front of a whiteboard to collaborate and brainstorm how a feature should work or designing designing a particular aspect of, of a feature or a product. If you guys aren't having that many meetings, how do you handle those kinds of situations and 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 sort of collaborating with the team on on building the product. Um, I don't really think like meetings are the best way to to come up with the best solutions. Um, I think like the written form where you really think carefully about something, where you try out like, uh, for instance, designers try to mock up stuff, uh, developers try to like mock up stuff like uh, APIs or whatever. And really, like, I think it's a much more powerful way of, of 
of reaching uh, a really good solution. Uh, and I think also like it depends on the people. Uh, like some, we do have whiteboards and we do occasionally use them. And you can like even have a whiteboard discussion with remote uh, people. Like everybody can have a whiteboard and scribble stuff onto. But it's not really how we work. Like we use it sometimes, uh, but most of the time we really uh, go 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 deep into something. And then like uh, for instance, we discuss something. You know, present our view of how things should work. Do some mock-ups uh, and really have like a strong design process that's like careful and not like something that just happens on a whiteboard uh, or like happens in a meeting. Uh. So a lot of people listening to this are um, entrepreneurs, and and from your experience, the time that you've been working in the productivity space, what are some of the common mistakes that you think that you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to managing their time and productivity. Um, and what are some, some tips that you think might help people just to become a little bit more productive? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest tip I can provide is basically having a system that's up to date all the time. Like uh, the thing I see a lot of the time is that people commit to some kind of system but they only commit to it to a, for a, like a week. Uh, and I think for a system to be efficient, you, you really need to commit to having it updated and use it all the time. So like you should not freestyle at an, any point uh, and just like do stuff because you, uh, you want to do them. Of course, like you can, you can allocate time to, you know, uh, be creative or whatever, brainstorm and stuff, uh, but like that should really be part of your system. Uh, so, so for me, like I have everything inside Todoist, uh, and that helps me manage stuff, prioritize it, and get an overview of you know how I'm how am I going to spend my days. Uh, um, and I can re- recommend the same thing for 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 people. Okay, uh, are there any other mistakes that you see people making? I think also like the the tasks that you add should be actionable uh, and you should really try to uh, write as specific tasks and as small tasks as possible. Of course, like you should not really overdo this, but I think like, uh, for instance, if you want to get, uh, you know, drop some, some, some pounds, uh, then you should not uh, have a task that says lose weight. Like you should be much more specific, like, you know, run three times uh, per week or, uh, you know, eat more fruit or three times per week, like very specific tasks that, that help you achieve this goal instead of like having something that's very uh, big. Uh, and even like with features that you want to implement or like you should be much more specific o- on this and you should try to split it up so, for instance, like if you're a developer, you would like to, you know, split things up. Like in, uh, for instance, if you're developing a feature, like, uh, you know, brainstorm the solution, uh, implement uh, the test suite, implement uh, the, the the actual code, test it, and then this would be like four tasks instead of just one. Uh, and even like if you're working on a much more complicated problem, try to split it up uh, into like manageable chunks that you can uh, work on. And I think also like having this plan makes it much easier to, to do stuff because you're doing like small chunks that 
can help you achieve the, the main goal and you know you do it one step at a time. Awesome. Okay, those are really good tips. Thank you for sharing those. Um, let's, uh, let's get on to the lightning round. I'm going to ask you uh, seven questions, um, and I just want you to try and answer them as quickly as you can. You ready? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. So what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? That's very difficult, but I think it's probably to follow your passion and not really think about the business that much. Like just do something that you are really passionate about and that you want to see uh, happen. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I would actually, like given that it's mostly developers, I would recommend uh, like some of the design books uh, that are there. Uh, Especially, uh, I mean, um, one of the things I really enjoyed was... uh, Johnny Ives uh, biography I would recommend reading that and I think like a lot of developers they are really like restricting themselves by not really understanding design and right now design is as 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 important as development and 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 and, and you know the code itself like if you don't really have great design or great design sense that will really hurt you what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur I think like it's persistence and not giving up. Like uh, if you see the the story of today's, like I never gave up on it uh, and I even abandoned it and returned back to it. But, you know, I just kept at it and I didn't really like uh, listen to, to other people uh, that much. So like just believing in yourself and, you know, going after something. And I think also, you know, uh, success does not really happen overnight. Like, you need to put a ton of time into it and you also have to have a great timing and et cetera. So um, I, I would say persistence and, you know, just going at it. And I think also like a lot of people are really, really fast to give up uh, very uh, soon. Like, you know, you do something, uh, it doesn't have uh, attraction right away. You give up and ignore it. Uh, so I think like persistence. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit other than Todoist? I would probably say focus. Uh, So like I'm really good at focusing on stuff. Uh, And I think also like shutting everything down, like email, uh, Twitter, Hacker News or whatever else you have. And just like focusing on on the problem at hand and solving that. That's very important. What's uh, a new business idea that you'd pursue if you had extra time? What What is one of those sort of crazy ideas in your head that you wish you could do, but just never have time to pursue? Um, I'm really passionate about uh, artificial intelligence uh, and like um, AI-driven tools. I think that's going to be like the next, next revolution. Um, so I would definitely like to invest a lot more time into that and seeing like uh, how you can integrate AI in different products. Uh, and I think like, if you see the advancements that are happening right now uh, in AI, like uh, uh, Skype uh, live translation uh, of uh, of different languages, uh, that which I is mean, awesome. Yeah, uh, I mean that's really amazing, and I think like this is only a start, and I think the next step will be like trying to integrate this in all the tools that we have uh, and everything that we do. 
What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Okay, I I, I don't think many people know this. Uh, like when I was a a teen, uh, I played a lot of Age of Kings, and I was actually one of the best players in in Europe. And I also wasted a ton of time doing that, <laughs> which I regret right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why you're making up for it with the productivity now. <laughs> yeah, so like it, it should be said that I was not always uh, that focused on productivity. You know? <laughs> and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? I would say like um, learning and reading, like uh, I spend a ton of my time on, on reading stuff. It could be books or articles uh, or like uh, following Coursera courses. So learning, I would say. And I think also like this is really important for any uh, entrepreneur. It's really like uh, learning stuff and becoming better uh, in all the aspects. So like uh, I have read a lot of books on, on marketing, on design, uh, and uh, I think this gives you a much, much better perspective of everything. And I think also like one of the reasons why Todoist has had so much success uh, like the last couple of years is because uh, I read a lot of, about it and then implemented this inside the, the work uh, that, that we do. Uh, Amir, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Uh, thank you so much for, for being so generous with your time. Um, if people want to find out more about Todoist, they can go to todoist.com. And if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, it's uh, via Twitter, I think. I usually tweet a lot of stuff. What is your Twitter Twitter handle? It's A-M-I-X-3-K. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. So if people want to reach out to you, they can do that. Awesome. And I would also like to thank you for having me here. I hope this was useful for the people. And I must actually also unsure if it was like a very technical or if the advice is, uh, is very good. I think also like one of the problems is uh, ad advice is like very subjective and very like context uh, driven. So like I'm unsure if, if people can apply this. Uh, to their business or to their life. I hope they can, but, you know, everything I think should be taken with a grain of salt. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think the general, um, the general test for me really has always been is if I find that I'm engaged with the guest and what they're telling me, and if I find that I've got some, some good practical tips that I can take away, it's been a very, very helpful uh, thing. And that's exactly what I felt here. So... Um, it's been incredibly valuable for me and I'm sure people listening to this will, will find that too. Um, so thanks again. It's been a pleasure. And, and we didn't do too badly with the sirens. I know there was a couple of, couple of them halfway through, but I think generally we were pretty lucky. So <laughs> no, definitely. I think so as well, but let's see and, uh, hear the, the playback. Maybe it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. Amir, thank you again. It's been a pleasure. All the best. And thank you, Omer, and really good luck with your uh, with your uh, project. I think it's very exciting. I have actually not heard about it before. I will uh, sign up and uh, check it out. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. There's a world where your CRM is powerful, easily configured, and deeply intuitive. Atio makes that a reality. 
Agio is built specifically for the next generation of companies. It syncs with your data sources, easily configures to their unique structures, and works for any go-to-market motion from self-serve to sales-led. Atio automatically enriches your contacts, syncs your emails and calendar, gives you powerful reports, and lets you quickly build Zapier-style automations. The next generation of companies deserve more than an inflexible, one-size-fits-all CRM. Join 11 labs, replicate, modal, and more, and scale your startup to the next level. Get your free account at atio.com. That's A-T-T-I-O dot com. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? Well, you're not alone. But the good news is you don't have to settle for slow growth. The right tools can be a growth game changer. And that's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This free guide cuts through the noise and shows you the 12 essential types of tools successful SaaS startups have used to get to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you find the perfect growth tools for your needs. So stop feeling stuck. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock the growth potential you've been missing. That's the sastoolkit.com.